Sky Carumba for June 12th to 18th, 2022. Mercury is at greatest elongation this week. That means it reaches the greatest angle from the Sun before it starts heading back toward the Sun. That makes it relatively easy to find, but despite that, it's still a challenge for Northern Hemisphere sky watchers because of the angle of its ingress into the sky. It just doesn't get very high before the Sun's light washes it out. From about 15 degrees south, though, the view's pretty good. Mercury's moving straight up at about that latitude. Mercury leads the morning planetary meetup. Venus is next. It and Mercury appeared to be moving toward each other last week. This week, Mercury halts and turns around, but Venus keeps pace. Venus is close to Uranus at the beginning of the week, but it leaves that faint blue dot behind. You'll need a telescope or binoculars to see Uranus. Similarly, Mars is leaving Jupiter behind, but unlike Uranus, they're both naked-eye planets. Actually, Uranus is slightly brighter than the limit of naked-eye vision, but it's not considered a naked-eye planet because nobody is known to have reported seeing it before the invention of the telescope. Neptune, another faint blue dot, is a little west of Jupiter. Neptune's not a naked-eye object at all. It's below the brightness necessary for the human eye to detect without help. Saturn is farthest west of the naked-eye planets. It rises about midnight, so is close to the meridian by sunrise. On Saturday morning, the waning gibbous moon is near the ringed planet. The moon will continue to be a good guide for identifying these planets next week. The full moon on Tuesday may seem especially bright to sky watchers in the southern hemisphere. The moon's at perigee that day, that means it's closest to Earth, and it's at southern lunistus the next, that means it's farthest south. A full moon is 25% brighter at perigee than at apogee, which is the farthest away. The moon moves through Sagittarius on Wednesday and Thursday, and Capricornus Friday and Saturday. Of course, it's rising later each evening until it's rising in the morning with our morning planet lineup. It's closest to Saturn on Saturday morning. This year's June solstice is Tuesday the 21st at 9.14 Universal Time. The word solstice means sun standing still. Although the sun continues to move across our sky from east to west, it's said to stand still in the sense that it halts its northward or southward movement from day to day before going the other way. This happens because the axis around which the Earth turns is not at a right angle with the plane in which the Earth orbits. In a manner of speaking, the axis is tilted. In June, the northern hemisphere is the one tilted toward the sun, and in December, when the planet has moved to the other side of its orbit, the southern hemisphere is tilted toward the sun. This tilt of 23.4 degrees is enough to cause the big weather differences we know as seasons. In the hemisphere pointed toward the sun, daylight hours are longer and the sun's rays strike the planet's surface more directly. So the sun's energy is applied there longer and at an angle that allows more of it to be transferred to the surface. Thus, summer is hot. Understandably, in the hemisphere where the sun isn't up as long and where less energy is transferred to the surface, it doesn't get hot. The Earth's winter hemisphere loses a lot of heat to space during the longer night times and doesn't get as much energy replenished during the daylight. 
That is just the start of how the sun influences the weather. The movements of water in the oceans and air in the atmosphere transfer heat from warm regions to cold ones. Human activity affects weather in smaller but measurable ways, too. Cities get warmer than the rural countryside because pavement and rooftops absorb the sun's energy and don't do anything with it except get warm. Vegetation, however, uses some of the energy it absorbs in the chemical reactions that keep plants alive. The sun's journey from 23.4 degrees north to 23.4 degrees south adds up to 46.8 degrees. That's more than a quarter of the way across a 180-degree wide sky. If you take a moment every week or two when the sun is highest in the sky for the day and notice where objects' shadows fall, you can easily observe the journey without even having to look directly at the sun. You can also make a note of how far the direct sunlight reaches into a room when the sun shines through a window. Take pictures and you can compare them for a really clear understanding after several months. Sky Caramba. 